Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets, and this week there are two of us. I know it's been kind of confusing some weeks. You don't know who you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get anyone at all, and sometimes we fly solo. But it's Tom and I this week. Ed, good to uh, hear from you. We haven't seen each other in a while, but uh, it's, it's good been, to be here. Good to be together with you. Yeah, it's probably been been over a month or something. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, so much so. It's before. weird. Working from home, you lose, you yeah. lose track of time. I'm yeah. not going to know how to deal with people face-to-face when I get back. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's very strange. Well, it's good to catch up weather-wise. You know, this was Severe Weather Awareness Week, so you want to start with that, or where do you want to start? Yeah, so, um, well, actually, funny story, before I called you, I, I, I logged on Skype, not Skype for Business, and I, I ended up calling a Tom Russell in Great Britain, and <laughs> I noticed uh, by the accent, this is not who I expected to, to call, and they didn't want to talk about weather, because they told me I, I don't know who I'm talking to. So. <laughs> well, you know, there's a famous musician named Tom Russell as well, basically a, a country-type singer, so you could have gotten him. Uh, but I can use a British accent if you like. Oh, okay. That's exactly what he sounded like. <laughs> Mine's probably not as good as his. But, uh, well, thank That's you actually really good, Tom. I'm impressed. So, if, if, the, if the weather gig that you've been doing for, for more than 20 years doesn't work out, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Uh, so yeah, severe weather awareness weekend. And Ed, you've been doing these great uh, little projects. We should let everybody know about. Uh, it's called Weather Ed Education, and uh, Ed's been putting together some things that you can use, a to learn from yourself, but also to learn with your kids. And we've been doing these what Facebook lives on Wednesdays and Thursday on uh, CBS 21's Facebook page, right? Yeah, Wednesdays and Fridays. Yep. Or Fridays. I'm yep. Sorry. At one o'clock. At one o'clock. Uh, and then they live on, so you can check them out later too, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be on there forever. So if you um, if you happen to miss one, you know it'll it'll still be up there for the foreseeable future. We don't we don't delete those videos, and and they're good for science classes too. You know, if you plan That's on very yeah trying to you know in a group setting trying to you know learn something about some aspect of weather. They're they're, they're you know they're great segments to to watch, and eventually once. Once we get you know all of this remote home um, technology squared away, which I think for the most part everything's going smoothly. Of course, you have your ups and downs. We do want to get interactive with with you. So if you ever have a question, it's Facebook Live, right. it's social media. We want to hear from you. We want to answer the question on the fly. Um, so that's something we hope to do. It'll definitely be easier once we're all back in studio and things get get back to normal. So right. Well, thank you for doing those. Yeah. Uh, so. Did you did you did some for severe weather awareness week? Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some topics you dug into? So we really, you know, uh, so the, some of the big topic last week was tornadoes. Um, okay. So, you know, obviously April, May, June are very torn. It's the most tornado prone part of the year for Pennsylvania, even into parts of July. Um, so we touched on that. Um, really talked about uh, some of the big outbreaks that have occurred in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, you talked about 1985 is the one that really, that we've all studied, right? 85? Yep, yep, and then um, 1998, June. It's it's interesting because um, May 31st, 1985 was the single deadliest day in of tornadoes in Pennsylvania ever in the state. And, and then, that was mainly northwest Pennsylvania, correct? Correct, and then June 2nd, 1998 and May 31st, 1998, were other historic outbreaks in Pennsylvania. So it really seems to be late May, um, early June, where we have some of our more significant events around um, 
Pennsylvania, and that's really the heart of tornado season around here. And the biggest one I remember goes as late as July. Uh, that's when we had a severe, we had a thunder uh, tornado go through Campbelltown. Yeah, 2004 that was, uh, was that? Four, very good. Mm-hmm. That was 2004. So that was a little kind of a mid uh, midsummer almost. So we can have severe weather that late into sure. Uh, into the and I, I did, I did touch on the Campbelltown tornado a little bit too. And I, I remember that, that, that that's a, you know, and, and I believe that day there wasn't any major severe weather outbreak expected. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was, um, really it wasn't an outbreak. It was just one thunderstorm that produced one really strong tornado that happened to rip apart an entire neighborhood. Yeah, and this uh, Campbelltown, if you're not familiar, is the other side of Hershey. Yeah. Uh, there were actually two that day that were confirmed. One was in basically Edders. If you think along I-83, there's a building there called Flight Systems, uh, and that was damaged. They had damage to the roof. Oh, down uh, in York but, County. Yeah, in York County. Uh, but then uh, the bigger one, of course, was Campbelltown. So that was probably the worst destruction I've ever covered because uh, I was on the air, and then we ran – you know, we went right there because it happened about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. We did our newscast and we were getting reports. You know, back then we still didn't have social media. So uh, you're getting some pictures coming out intermittently uh, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. And we rushed down there and it was, uh, you know, it was a nice neighborhood, fairly new neighborhood. Some houses totally leveled, some houses barely touched. It was fascinating to see. Uh, but you're right. It, the good thing that actually happened, Ed, uh, it happened about three, four o'clock. So most people were at work. And they said it could have been a lot. It, nobody died in that one, uh, but it could have been deadly had people been home. Right. And that was an interesting factor because uh, not that many people were home, so uh, most people were able to uh, to avoid the destruction. It was bad. What really was the bad. name of that neighborhood? I, I, I on the Facebook Live when I talked about yeah. it, I said, it was something like a Squire Estates or something Estates. It was called Country Squire Estates. Country uh, Squire. Uh, you know, it's and That's they right. built back. And the cool thing was, they built back within um, within two years. They were back to full strength. And I and I remember as broadcasters, we would go back every year to see how they're doing. And by by year four or five, they were like, "Stop coming here. We're fine. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it anymore." So is there is there any is there any plaque there? I mean, thankfully nobody was nobody was killed. Was it? Was, and I don't think there were any injuries. Were there? There was one injury, was and one the injury. way the woman. Uh, the way the woman was injured is she couldn't make it to her basement, but and I always bring this up with my school talks. She actually hung on to uh, her toilet in an interior room, uh, interior bathroom, uh, and we always say, you know, get into an interior room away from windows, and she she did get that far, um, but she was the only one injured, and, and she recovered. So she quickly. couldn't. She just couldn't physically get to her basement in time. Yeah, just ran out of time, and she uh, she grabbed on. And I always bring this up because the toilet, if you think about a downstairs uh, bathroom, it's actually anchored uh, anchored to what would be the the uh, basement ceiling. So it was the next best thing. She got to an interior room and a, and a sturdy structure, uh, you know, as opposed to an outside wall or, or you know something that wouldn't have been protected. And that's a really survived. that's a really important story because you know yeah. that just goes to show you that people do run out of time. Yep. Um, and, and that's not necessarily any fault of the person living there, you know, no, I mean, you know, instantaneously, right. Sometimes, you know, tornadoes can develop, you know, quickly. And, and this is a, a, a classic example, you know, back in the 1960s, tornado lead time was anywhere from one to two minutes, meaning you had one to yeah. two minutes before the tornado would strike you if you were in a warning. By that 1980s, right. the PA tornado outbreak, we were at three or four minutes of warning lead time. Now we're 13 to 15 minutes of warning lead time 
But if the tornado develops over your house, you're obviously right. not going to have a lead time no matter when the warning is issued. I mean, the, the thunderstorm might be issued before the tornado develops, which often happens, right. but sometimes they develop so fast that you're not necessarily going to have 13 to 15 minutes of warning lead time, but that's the average warning lead time that we now see today due to yep. the advancement of, 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 of um, communication and especially radar technology and our understanding of tornadoes and how they form. Yeah, and, and that's why we always emphasize that one of the you know, things we want to emphasize for Severe Weather Awareness Week is, is to have a plan because you don't want to be thinking about, hey, what's my plan? You just want to be able to execute it uh, when the time comes. And that's why everybody needs to know, okay, this is our safe place. It's down in the basement or wherever it is. And you don't think about it. You just do it. Right. right. And I, when, when I've given talks, I always, I always specifically say that when a tornado warning is issued, all you need to be doing is taking your physical body downstairs. And I've had a couple of people say, Ed, why'd you say physical body? Like, what does that mean? I don't, right. I, I, you know, like, of course, you, of course your physical body. What are you talking about? I said, but I say physical body because that's the only thing you should be doing. You shouldn't be grabbing other things. You shouldn't be grabbing your laptop, phone charger. You know, that's stuff that already has to be in place in your safe space during the watch or just have stuff down there during severe weather season because in a two-story home, it should take you 20 to 30 seconds to get downstairs. That's it, and that's all you should be doing when the warning is issued. I never thought about putting a time on it. That's a good idea because then you can practice that. Hey, do we right. make it in 30 seconds or, well, or whatever? Last really year, yeah, last year I did a story on, um, and this is my topic tonight, and you'll see, um, is pet safety. And, you know, everybody says, oh, don't forget your pets, which, you know, people say that all the time when it comes to severe weather safety. But... Yeah, don't forget your pets, but if you if you think it's going to be easy to scoop up your cat, or Tom, you just got a kitten, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't scoop her up anywhere. <laughs> right, because what what happens when you approach her? Does she run? Does she hide? Oh, yeah, you can't get near her. She runs and hides. That's her thing. So imagine chasing after a kitten when there's right. a tornado warning issued. So I did that at a house. We did a drill, and we um, confined the pets took the family 20 to 30 seconds. We did it the right way first, then we did it the wrong way. Actually, no, we did it the wrong way first, and then we <laughs> did it the right way, but we didn't confine the pets. So we, we uh, put out the tornado warning. We went around the house to try to scoop up the dog and the cat. It took us over three minutes. No way, three minutes. Three minutes, because the dog, the dog would, would just freeze because the dog didn't know what was going on, so he was anxious. And then... Um, the cat, of course, ran and hid, so we had to get the cat from under the bed. You know, dogs have the right idea. They'll go to an interior room and shake and drool. Yep. That's what Benny does, our oh, dog. Right, yep. But they don't necessarily yep. know to go to the lowest interior room, the lowest floor. The cat ah, right. will hide under the bed, has the right idea, but they'll hide under the bed on the third floor bedroom. So you can't, you can't go playing where's waldo when uh right, at that time. when a tornado is on the ground or you're under a warning right it's too late too late well that's a really good thing to think about and, and have a plan for uh, your pets too that's that's good stuff uh the other thing we talked about for severe uh weather awareness week is floods and that's something we know all too well here in central pa but we broke it down into flash flooding which are the kind that comes with a you know severe thunderstorm and it just kind of uh, it happens within uh, maybe uh, minutes or hours of, of the rain beginning. And then 
The other one is the river flooding, which we've had so much of uh, along the Susquehanna 2004, 2011. Um, so how you prepare for those two, a bit different. You know, a flash flood, uh, usually there's a watch in place and say, hey, we're going to get a lot of rain. And you can take a couple minutes to get stuff maybe up on the basement floor or whatever tends to flood in, in your place uh, and be ready for that. And then I brought up the point with river flooding, you have a lot more lead time, but there's a lot more to prepare for. Because often in river flooding, if you have to evacuate, you're gone from your place for, you know, days at a time. So there you need medicine and clothing and stuff like that, as opposed to a flash flood, which uses, uh, you know, flooded my basement or because uh, it usually recedes as quickly as it came. So river flooding is a little different animal. So uh, during the severe weather awareness week, we encourage you to have a plan in place, uh, maybe some uh, knowing that the, that flooding could be coming, you have some extra medicine on order, or you have some clothing, kind of a a go-to package that's that's ready to that you're ready to just throw in the car and go if you need to evacuate. And I've seen that so many times now as we lived through uh, uh, Ivan and Jean in 2004, and then 2011, and uh, folks were out of their homes because you literally had to wait for the water to recede for days or weeks. Um, and it's really, really hard to be displaced from your home. You want to get back there. You want to clean things up. And you just can't. You, you got to wait for it to be safe again. So that's all part of your uh, of your severe weather plan. Yeah, and you were talking about, you mentioned 2011. I was actually today, I had a technology fail in my weather education Facebook uh -oh. Live. But I'm going to show it next week was Tropical Storm Lee, which is right. 2011. And the, the radar, we talked about training thunderstorms on the air. You probably heard us mention that storm. It's just a thunderstorm moving repeatedly over the same area. And the training thunderstorms in Tropical Storm Lee, I mean, they were right over, right over Lancaster and York County, like yep. right over parallel to the river. It was moving from south to north, um, paralleling the river. So all of that, you know, flooding is eventually going to end up in the mainstream of the Susquehanna, which we typically don't associate with flash floods, more river flooding. It's a smaller street creeks and streams that we have to worry about flash. for rapid rise, correct? Right, correct. So that's why I keep bringing it up, and it sounds so trite, it's so cliche, but the turnaround don't drown, because in both scenarios, the flash flood and even the river flooding, more than 50% of either deaths or the or, uh, injuries occur when people are trying to drive a vehicle through water. And people don't realize that even though they got this big SUV and this big tough truck, it doesn't take but you know 12 to 18 inches to float a vehicle, and then you're in real trouble. So we we say it all the time, and we still see people, you know, break that rule of turn around, don't drown. We see it like for example, I can't tell you how many times we've been on the air. We'll show a picture from like uh, McClay and Cameron Street there, right in front of the farm show. You're like, no, don't drive through that, and it'll be like a nice BMW or some expensive yeah. car.
And you don't know what that road service looks like under that water. You just see the water and you go, oh, it's not that bad. Right. How do you know the water's uh, the road's not caved away or, you know, broken in some fashion sure. that, that you don't know? And it's just, you know, so. six, six inches of water can knock a human off their feet. Twelve yep. inches can take a car away. And I think is a foot and a half of water can easily take a truck or SUV downstream. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's some things to think about with uh, Severe Weather Awareness Week. And, uh, you know, we talked the last couple of podcasts about the fact that we're heading into a severe season. Ed kind of alluded to it. Um, you know, May, June, early July tend to be our severe seasons. However, if you go a week ago from this point uh, last year in April, we had that week long breakout of tornadoes. Uh, what did we have, 14 in a week and nine of those in one day? Is that what it was yeah. last year? Yeah, April so. was very active. And that's actually when I was I was interviewing back at the time for CBS that's 21. Right. So I, was, I was watching all the events closely from where I was still working in South Bend, and I was like, wow, is Pennsylvania the new tornado alley? I, I kept I kept I said <laughs> that to one of my coworkers because every weekend I would go in there. Because it happened on the weekend, Tom, remember? And, yeah, sure did. I yeah, remember that. And, it just seemed like I would see like six or seven tornado warnings going on at once in the state, which is just unheard of. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's time to kind of start thinking that way and be ready for it. And that's certainly what we're doing as a weather team. Uh, fortunately, things have been fairly quiet for us so far. We've had a couple of wind incidents, uh, but we haven't had the severe weather. Most of that's been through the deep south. We saw it again last night from uh, I had some friends in the Panama City, Florida area. They think they had a tornado. And then it extended over towards uh, the Georgia coast, Jacksonville, Florida. So it's been pretty active in the south. Not only the severe weather, but they've had a ton of flooding. The last thing they need is more rain. But as you go through uh, the year, uh, that will work its way north. That's kind of what Ed was alluding to. Severe weather now in the deep south as we get into May and June, it starts to creep up into the mid-Atlantic. And we yeah. really got to pay attention. Right. And in the deep south, it's been super active. And there's another one in the next couple of days. I can't keep track. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really active. Yeah, so yeah, so good reminders here. Uh, since the weather's quiet, this is a great time if you don't have a plan to have one. Really good opportunity for you know families, the kids, and the parents to all get involved and try and to, and the uh, pets iron out the plan. <laughs> What's that? And the pets too. Don't forget. And the what too? And the pets. Oh yeah, the pets. Yeah, how can I forget? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's one reason. That's one reason people forget is because people like me don't say it every time. But yeah, you're right, Tom. Absolutely. Remember the pets, and I, I always say um, this is one thing when we're talking about the pets when you confine them. Um, yeah. I always tell people during the watch, um, or before a watch is even issued, if there's an approaching line of threatening weather, uh, don't wait to crate, because the crate always. Oh will serve as a barrier to flying debris. Most people are injured in a high wind or tornado event because they're hit by something. So we tell people to take downstairs with them helmets to protect their head, pillows, blankets to insulate your body from being hit. The crate for a dog or cat serves a great purpose in that it prevents or reduces the chances of your dog or cat being hit by a tornado. So don't wait to crate. Keeps them keeps them in place, and and a lot of pets, dogs, and cats, you know, their their crates are their safe place. Yeah, they like to be there. That's a good point. So, and it's an easy way for you to grab them and carry them to your uh, to your safe place. Right, absolutely. So, Uh, let's talk a little bit about where we think we're going to go from here. Um, You know, I was making the point this past week that April is the first month 
since November to run below average. You know, we were so warm through the winter months, December, January, February, March. Uh, so April's finally kind of gotten a little bit of a reset. So it's not your imagination. We've been cooler than average, obviously wetter than average. Uh, but we see that flipping around as we go into uh, May, June, July. If you look at some of the National Weather Service three-month forecasts, um, definitely looks warmer than average, and we continue wetter than average. Yeah. Now on the wet side, I'm okay with that because I'd rather go into the drier summer months, you know, above average rainfall-wise. Um, but uh, as far as the the temperatures go, I think everybody's ready for some sunshine and some warmer temperatures. I you know, know. I know. Yeah, it's just, you know, we, we were worried about this. We said this in March. You know, typically it's a lot of times when you see a very mild, you know, February, March, you can have this April that just doesn't seem to want to get that late spring feel that people are looking forward to. It's just this stubborn chill that doesn't leave. And well, you enough, actually did a good graphic one night about just showing how we switched in April to more of a winter pattern that allowed that cooler air to flow yep. down from Canada that we didn't have in February and March. And had we yeah. had this pattern in place a couple months ago, we would have had a winter. Exactly. Good yeah. point. Good point. So, so uh, expect things to continue to be uh, warmer and wetter as we go through May and then June. And, of course, we'll become more active uh, severe weather-wise. So lots to think about as we move forward. But it's always catching up with uh, fun catching up with you. Yeah, yeah. You too, Tom. My, my computer is telling me that it wants us to stop talking because I'm getting the battery <laughs> light. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, don't forget to check out all the episodes of It's Raining Mets. We've had some interesting ones through our quarantine, so go back and check past episodes as well. Good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, you too, Tom, and eventually we'll all be uh, working together again once this is all over. Thanks for joining this episode of It's Raining Mets. See you, Tom.